I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. I'm Sue Smith. And we love scams. And we love scams. Guys, we love scams. We love you. Wow. We still exist. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I might hate you. I oh, secretly yeah, yeah. hate all of you. That's true. <laughs> no, just yeah, kidding. No, just I kidding. mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, existence is insane, you know? I have a lot of subtle resentments. I will happily share that I learned during quarantine uh, not to talk shit about people. <laughs> But do it, please, 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 please. Well, I realized this and this is so embarrassing. And it happens to do with my relationship. I was talking to a friend today that like I was sort of understood or thought the way that like you add value or fun or spunk to a conversation is like talking drama and bringing up shit and being like, and can you believe Mm -hmm. this happened? That only just recreates so much stress in my body, like in my mind. It doesn't, it's not actually like a fun thing. It actually makes me go backwards and then recreate those scenarios in my head and go crazy. And you relive it. I always thought that the way you related to new co-workers was to talk shit on other people. (laughs) I thought you were saying new Coke dealers. The way to relate with a new Coke dealer you really got to talk shit about their co different. <laughs> no, new co-workers. You always talk uh, shit about like your co-workers. But then I think that's a bad idea. I think that's dumb because like you never know what people's allegiances are. And know. then they're going to think you're the one that talks shit and it makes you look bad. So no, I, I know, guys, that. I learned not to talk shit. How old am I? In my 30s. <laughs> In my 30s. It. it took a long ass time. The talking shit. 
Katie, are you in therapy? You sound like you're back in therapy. <laughs> but that is such like a, an amazing insight that it, like it blew my mind. You I, that you're bringing that their point of view into it, and then it's going to make you more mad about other things. I've never thought about it like oh, that. Oh, it it totally. I think I have this feeling that I only learned this in quarantine because we're alone so much, and there's so much thinking we can do. That um, I have this like extreme fear. And maybe it comes with scams. Maybe it comes with this idea that like people know more and I don't want to be left out in the cold and I don't want to be the one who doesn't get it. But I have this concept that like, if I'm not ready to like be upset and know the justice of something, then someone's going to get it over on me or some, something's going to get like years Mm -hmm. from now, they're going to go, she should have known, you know, Katie should have, should have known. She'd always acted that way. And now she knows, well, I've done tons of things. I've been a drunk. I've spent all my money. I've been, I've kicked people. I think it comes from living in New York too, because someone is always trying to get something over on you in New York. I have a very okay. I when I first got sober, I also first started doing improv, and I was just it talking about my issues <laughs> to anyone who would listen. I was just talking and talking about my feelings. I thought everybody was talking about it. I remember I was in the green room for an improv show at UCB, and I was like, after the show, like just mouth vomiting to Don Finale about like, oh, I don't know how I did, and I felt really uncomfortable up there, and blah 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 blah. And he's like, yeah. You should figure that out. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay, cool. Oh, Point God. taken. That's like, then I stopped talking to I'm people. I'm not equipped about for this. <laughs> not my job. Not my job. But there I is love this it. idea, and I was talking to Alan about it a ton, that like in society, women think getting together, friends think venting, like getting it out. And I want yeah. everyone to vent to me. I love hearing a shit story. I love hearing somebody trash talk an issue. I love sure, the sure. gossip. So I'm like, sure, yeah, sure. vent it out. I'm a great, you know, person person to vent it to, but I need to put a lid on my vent because a lot of times the problem's already been solved or it's past and I'm just mm. re-bringing it back up. Re-traumatizing. Wait, I have another, I have a question for you too. My it. husband and I will talk shit to each other mm-hmm. and we're like, should we not do that in front of our baby? Like in front oh. of our kid? Because like if we're hanging out with people and then we leave and then we're talking shit about yes. them. He's going to hear us and be like, don't you not like those people? Only until he's three years old. Okay. Like just <laughs> at three years old, Lewis has, is wa- listening to everything. And yeah, yeah, yeah. At two, didn't really care coming in and out. I mean, at two, he f- was when he said, fuck, oh hell, oh shit. Like he did repeat my terrible language, but didn't really know what it meant. And that was my that's fault cute. because yeah, I am horrible, like horrible mouth. But now he's like, I said the other day, oh, we spend all this time with this person, with our two friends. I didn't say who. And Lewis goes, oh, Chelsea and Sully. Like he <laughs> filled it in. And it, oh my God. I was like, and I remember sitting on the floor, listening to all of my mom's phone conversations and adoring mm-hmm. it and just loving how juicy it was. So I say three. Don't worry until you're three. three. Okay. Okay. Great. So I will continue to talk shit. <laughs> Keep going. Three. But it's not like, I mean, Only but sometimes you've got to talk shit. Like if somebody's wearing something weird or whatever, or they say something dumb, you got to process that. Well, if somebody wrongs you, you got to be like, I don't like that girl anymore. Here's the thing too, guys. And then we will finally get to our topic today. We'll bring our guest like, on. Have we seen anybody else really? No, just each other. During quarantine, there's been such an absence of people and influences and pressure and anxiety and other sort of things like infiltrating your psyche that now the anytime something is sort of like off or you meet with somebody where you're like, oh, that was kind of an awful experience. It's so much more shocking than before. I think 
pre-quarantine, I had dealt with so many like assholes or like bad attitudes or like yeah. negative people that now it's me and my three-year-old and then and my husband. And then when somebody's negative to me, I'm like, oh, that's a whole You've new- been cleansed. I really have been cleansed. And so now getting back into the real world, there's a big part of self-protection that is involved. Mm. We all have to look at ourselves with kid gloves, I think. Or just me. <laughs> but that's good. I can't speak for everyone. Anyway, <sighs> God. We have a wonderful guest today. Our guest is such, brings such joy to Sue and I. We were texting about the guest and we were like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I love him. No, I love him. He's the best. Dude, I love him. He's the best person ever. Um, we know him from the UCB for a long time, but you may have seen him on the Chris Gethard show. You may have seen him on Broad, Broad City. City. You may have heard his podcast, Self-Medicated. Oh, Please best. welcome... Murph Meyer. Uh, <laughs> you want to do that again? Name we did not confirm. <laughs> yes, Murph is good enough. Uh, Nailed that. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. Oh Absolutely, gosh. and I totally agree that one of the wonderful things about a spouse is you're able to talk shit to them. So don't ever stop talking shit. To them. I mean, if you can't talk shit with your spouse about other people, then. Who can you talk to? Oh, I know, but the baby, you don't want to taint the baby's opinion. That's true. You know? That's three a years old, dynamic. too. You got three years old. I got three years. Okay. You got three. Yeah. Lewis okay. watched Real Housewives for the first six months of his life. <laughs> that he was did. my depression. I was like, this is what we're watching and this is what we're experiencing. Yeah, I love. He's the most empathetic, loving kid ever. And he watched Real Housewives scream at each other for this first six months of his life. I love that. That's a crash course in shit talking for sure. <laughs> yeah. A crash course in empathy, emotions. <laughs> yeah. Guys, all of it. I will also be eating spaghetti during this podcast and then muting myself because I have not eaten all day because that's what happens. That's what happens. I'm also going to be uh, drinking in LaCroix <laughs> and lightly burping into the microphone. So. <laughs> it's, a, it's like up to the I'll be smoking. I'll be smoking and nodding. Oh, I love. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Watching you smoke you- Murph is the most peaceful thing to me. Like, I know smoking is technically not that for you, but I yeah, love yeah. watching people smoke. I also love smoking, but I love I- watching people smoke. But wait, are you smoking a cigarette? Yeah, just a cigarette. Yeah. Wow, that's so... Vintage. Indoors? It's, it's very old fashioned. It is very, I know. Nobody indoor, does that I know, anymore. it's nuts. We've taken it, we're time traveling. I figured it, it fits the, uh, it fits the, uh, the scam we're, we're time about. traveling we're today, guys. We're time traveling. Wait, before we get into the scam, can you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Yeah, it's kind of a, there's a lot of podcasts out there that are about addiction and recovery. And, you know, there's comedians who talk a lot about these, uh, these issues. They seem to kind of be a, a part of the community as, as, uh, as you both know. Um, but I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of those are through the more, abstinent, sober perspective rather than kind of like someone who's more managing their substance use uh, through kind of harm reduction methods. And so I still drink booze and, and smoke some weed, but, uh, you know, no, no more heroin for me. Good. I uh, introduced myself on the show as a former heroin addict, current alcoholic. Um, but like the joking aside from that is more just like, you know, I, I, I'm, I manage uh, my, my more harmful drug use uh, through, you know, other ways, which, you know, harm reduction is kind of uh, just each individual their own kind of path on, on what, uh, you know, what, what they need to do for themselves to get their kind of own life in order rather than like a one size fits all kind of thing. So. Yeah. And in, in sobriety in the program, like we were always like, if that works for you, like, honestly, I, I believe there's so many paths to sobriety and recovery, like whatever works. Really Seriously. whatever yep. works. It, if you are able to function without the use of the most destructive substance that you used to require that's amazing it's such a blessing it's so incredible and 
you casually mentioned heroin, but heroin's so not casual. It's so intense for you to be like, well, I'm doing, but you know, that's such a huge triumph. I'm so happy. Yeah. yeah thank you totally. so much. Yeah. And I feel like that's the kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the love that's for, for everyone's own, you know, programs. Like we all know when we're, we're using a substance that's, you know, more harmful or we're doing it for the reason, like we all know when we're running ourselves off the rails. Yeah. Go um, where it's bleeding. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's kind of a, and it's all encompassing again, even within like, you know, harm reduction strategies, there is, if abstinence is your, 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 your goal, then that's like part of it as well. It's just kind of each for, for each person, their own, uh, their own path, which I think is, uh, is encouraging. It depends. Yeah. It depends on the brain. Yeah. I don't think I could moderation with the booze because like, there's a point for me where, where I get to like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to have like 17 drinks. You know what I mean? There's not like, I'm going to have three drinks and then I'm done. I just, my brain doesn't work like that. No. And that's a beautiful thing to realize about yourself too. You know, I think, I think some people always try to do the dance where they just, they won't admit that, you know, to themselves. So that's, that's all, you know, that's, again, that's just for each person. It's, it's amazing that you, you know, came to terms with that and we're like, I can't, I just can't do this. So nope. why, why do you keep, you know, testing the, testing the yeah, water? I just want more people to be like, Oh, I'm fucked in this way. Like, can we just admit it? Can we stop trying to like <laughs> pretend that we have some like book guru that's going to just like, I'm just suck at this. Like this, I'm not good at. I'm fucked in this way yeah. is actually an amazing philosophy. Yeah. That's, that yeah, just cuts through all that the bullshit. Who needs all the, yeah. The guru talk when you're just like, just which way, way are you fucked in? Yeah, Figure it this out. This is why yeah. I'm fucked in. And that's it. I had a memory. We were watching something and it's about martinis. My number one thing for my addiction was anything free. So we went to a <laughs> bar and they were giving us free martinis. And I had seven and went to the hospital because <laughs> that's what happens. And I like I was talking to my husband who has none of this, like zero of this is so he's like, I get kind of fuzzy. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like drinking more. I was like, you're an idiot. <laughs> we have alcohol in the house. You should drink it all. Yeah. I purely just black out. <laughs> not good don't remember anything Mm -mm. anyway Murph you one thing I love about you you're a smoker you're from Pennsylvania (laughs) and there's like something very like particular about that I'm also from Pennsylvania and I really relate to that it's very um endearing where in Pennsylvania are each of you from because I know our listeners are also from Pennsylvania oh I'm from northwestern like up near Erie Pennsylvania yeah yeah I'm northeastern Cross up by Wilkes Bear Scranton there. And so you've brought us a Pennsylvania scam, fittingly. Hell yeah. Which is exciting. Yes. Yeah. It's a legendary Pennsylvania scam. It's uh known as the 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 triple six fix. Um, and it was uh it has to do with the Pennsylvania lottery. So in nineteen eighty, there was a, a group of uh people who got together, which was headed by the uh by the announcer of the of the nightly lottery, which is amazing. Uh and they uh they kind of uh conspired to uh to to fix the uh the daily number. So when I was growing up, like my uh, my dad used to play the daily number like every day. So the the, the Pennsylvania and Sue, you may have heard the uh, the jingle as well. I was just going to mention that. Do it, do it, do it. The Pennsylvania lottery. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's just drilled into our brains in yeah. Pennsylvania. Uh, so that was like my childhood growing up. I used to. That Can was I like, a, like a Pavlov lottery? situation. Oh yes, the Maryland please. lottery. It could be you. It could be oh, you. <laughs> Maryland lottery. It could be you. <laughs> And you're like, that's ah, good. It could be me. <laughs> Sorry. It could be. They're not. Thank you for letting me share. Love a good jingle. Yeah. So, so that was kind of drilled into my brain as soon as you know, you hear that every evening, uh, come on on the, on the, on the uh, local news there. And, uh, they, they do the drawing, the live drawings, which is, 
you know, it used to be such a great spectacle. It's not as exciting, I guess, now. I don't, I don't know why they've kind of toned it down. But it used to be like, you know, like, like, like a circus uh, sideshow situation. Yeah. A lot of lights flashing and, you know, just very exciting. Uh, so, yeah, my dad played that like every day. Um, and it was just the daily number. So it's just three balls come up. It's the old, you know, balls in the, uh, in the air chamber there. Uh, and they have like an elderly witness uh, like each night come in because it's like to benefit older Pennsylvanians. Uh, yeah, to so benefit they, elderly <laughs> Pennsylvanians. Which, for yeah, the old right. people, they've made it this yeah, right. long. Let's let them watch some balls fly in the air. Yeah, let's get those social security checks on the line. Uh, <laughs> right. Let's gamble yeah. those. So they would bring an old uh, witness out to, to, to pull the balls each, uh, each night. Um, and on this particular evening, uh, the, this group conspired uh, to, uh, to fix it. And what they did was they just like weighed the balls. And so this was like a really genius uh, approach, I think, to a scam. Uh, kind of mm-hmm. has this like degenerate Ocean's Eleven vibe to it. Um, I'll take it. And it was kind of like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it was, a, it, was a, it was a very ragtag group they put together. Um, so they, they thought they had like the security on lockdown, but it was basically just like two people with keys. <laughs> one was like worked at the, at the st- television studio, which this was in Pittsburgh. And then one of them was like a lottery official or whatever. So very easily bought. So they... They got uh, those two people on board and then they got the security person at the studio. Uh, and then there was the announcer, like I said, who was, who was kind of uh, masterminding the whole thing. Uh, so they, they weighted the balls down. They got like identical uh, looking ping pong balls mm. and they uh, injected them with a little latex paint wow. uh, on the numbers, the fours and the sixes. So that they would then go out that night and buy like as many, uh, you know, tickets for combinations to cover their, their, their bets on that. So that they would, it, they would rise up. They had enough weight. Uh, that they they would rise to, oh. into the chamber quicker than the other balls. Yeah, so, so they're heavier, oh, so was, they'd rise up quicker. Oh, I thought it was the yeah. four and sixes were the ones that didn't have any weight on them. Actually, you're right. My my physics are shit. No, that's uh, that okay because I yes. I just want to because the heavier balls would come up. They would bounce around a little, but they didn't go up far. Mm, yeah, so that's right. That's what it was. There were all these com. I just read briefly, but Murph is the expert. But there are all these combinations of four and sixes that people put in. And what I thought was so cool that I read is that the guy was the art director who doctored Isn't it. Like he just, yes. just made them. He's like, so look, dope. this is my craft. I will go down with it. <laughs> yes, right, yes. Right. Which gets back to the like the Ocean's Eleven yes. move because you're like looking at at who who the players are and you're like, well, we got to get the art. Director we got to get him. <laughs> Because yeah, he's, he's, so he's, he's going to be the one who fix <laughs> He really can draw yeah, four like make no those one balls else. Looks... <laughs> yeah, but also I'm surprised that there was an art director. <laughs> like, yeah, the aesthetic right. was, so it was so the gross. biggest thing of the night. It was, it was a circus show. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. No? It was like a velvet cape with a couple of colored light bulbs. <laughs> right. Like he really went. And he, really he also wore a velvet cape. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was very proud. Yes. He walked around town in his velvet cape. He was he was special. He was. So, yeah, so he was on board uh, with the fix and he figured out exactly like the weight because they still needed it to look like, you know, when the balls are banging around in the chamber there, it needed to look as real as possible. So they, yeah, they weighted down uh, just enough so that those fours and sixes would would be pulled out of the out of the out of the mix, which was crazy. So then, of course, in like a devilish uh, satanic twist, it was three sixes that actually ended up coming yes. up, which there was still, yeah, like obviously the odds were, were weighted, but there still was a chance it could be four, three fours or it's four. It's Sue six, Smith. Four. You're calling her numbers. She would have won. Those so, are my numbers. Uh, six, six, How six. old were you? Why weren't you yes. playing? <laughs> <laughs> Negative two. Yeah. You were there in spirit. Your satanic spirit was with that, was with that drawing. Yeah. So they nailed the three sixes, but the problem of course is like with everything, they had too many people involved in this. And then it also got leaked where there was uh, in Philly, there was a, the, you know, one of the families, uh, one of the crime families there was uh, was running numbers like a separate thing mm-hmm. that still had to do with the lotto. But they were taking laying better odds because the other thing I just want to acknowledge here, too, is that 
the, the state of Pennsylvania, the Commonwealth, uh, is is running their own racket here because this is like a thousand to one odds to to hit to hit the daily number, and it mm-hmm. pays out five hundred to one. So it's like already a terrible like scam in and of itself. Like just even if you're saying it's done fairly, wait, it's what? Still just what does that odds. mean to us who are Can horrible you expand, numbers? Explain that. So like a thousand. So so the odds of you get even money. So if you put down like you, you get five hundred to one on your money. So if you put a dollar down, you win five hundred sure. bucks. So there's a one a one in a thousand chance of winning the daily mm-hmm. number, like hitting the combination because there's only, you know, the balls or whatever is uh, zero through nine. Uh, so whatever the combinations work out, it's like you have a one in a thousand chance. But if you win, you only get paid 500 to one. So it should be one in like, a thousand. Well, I mean, for them to take their their cut of it, like any casino, it should be like, you know, I mean, what would be reasonable to me would be something like 900, you know, like it. it or, or if they paid you like, you know, so if, if you bet a dollar instead of only making five dollars, if you win, you should make like, uh, you know, you, sh- you should get I would say you should get like nine hundred to one on it. So then they still make money off of doing it, but they don't make an obscene amount of money like that. Those odds are like, you know, for, for every day that there's even a winner, which there's not even a winner necessarily. But if there if there is, they only get paid, you know, five hundred to one on their money, which is which is bad odds. Those are just bad. Interesting. And oh, go ahead, Sam. And it was always, um, they were, they were always like, this benefits older Pennsylvanians, but they never yeah. went into any details. So like, I don't <laughs> think it really benefited anybody. No. A couple of walkers are donated. Like, maybe. More for <laughs> senior awareness. Let's see those. So that you're aware. some oxygen tanks. <laughs> there is. Yeah. It's, it's to fight ageism. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, there are seniors out there and let's not. Here they are standing right next gutter. to our balls. I know you're focused on the money, yeah. but please look at these seniors. Well, and, They're real. And a thousand to one, aren't that, isn't that good odds for a state? Just think of how it, many Yeah, but it all depends there. on the payout. Mm. No, I know it's true. It's, it's not terrible. Well, it also could be split. Like again, like, mm-hmm. you know, depending on if multiple people win. Uh, but yeah, I think that the, the 1,000 to one is not even necessarily awful. It's just what you would get paid. Like if you play that every day. You know, my because my dad hit a couple of times <laughs> like too. Your dad. Like, it just doesn't. Yeah, because yeah, he put. Yeah, he's playing every day for for forty years. He's gonna. <laughs> he'll benefit himself at some point. He's been playing <laughs> yeah. so damn long. It'll he is the older back. Pennsylvanian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is. Yeah. He is. It benefits them because they play. All <laughs> yeah. of them play. So that was the scam. So I, I, I what I love about it was just that it was always notorious. Because um, Sue, I don't know if if they have this uh, out in Erie way too, but we have a lot of church bazaars. I tell people about like bazaars and stuff like outside of. Pennsylvania and I don't know if it's a I guess it's a regional thing but do you have turkey parties no wait, you didn't have a turkey party no I think wait, it's probably a, a similar party? thing it's like a, around Christmas and Thanksgiving people get together in fire halls and churches and they like raffle shit off like guns and turkeys and that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff yeah it's yeah we don't similar. call them turkey party but it's a similar yeah, yeah kind of thing it's all, it's all bizarre. for uh yeah, it's all for the church bazaar. The uh, so it's always like a greasy food for the awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all yeah. The, and all the seniors are working, <laughs> all the booths there, and they have like a big six wheel, and they have like instant bingo tickets, and yes, they'll have it's like the yeah. same thing. That's the same thing. Yes, yeah. hell yeah, yeah. So those are those are great because um, you just get like a beer. There's a beer tent, and then it's like potato pancakes and halushki and pierogies and all the you know all the good foods. So it's like greasy food, gambling, and booze for uh, for for church for, yeah, for Jesus. Perfect. So it's yeah, it it's a fun uh, mix of things. So. You know, growing up, I remember there was a scandal. Also, someone tried to fix this much smaller stakes uh, than the than the triple six fix. But 
there's a there was a group of people who uh they sold uh big six wheels and they were weighted. So there was like a lot of like whispers always where you're like, oh, are you going to the right bazaar? You going to the like Holy Trinity bazaar? You going to the the, the Saint Ignatius bazaar? Like they have the big six wheel that's weighted, but then people are telling you numbers, and you're like, that's not even that. You're just trying to get action on the big wow. six. Wow, at a church. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. this at a church meetup. Well, I don't know about you, but at our turkey parties, there's some big ticket items. There's some expensive ass guns on ours. <laughs> yes, the big, all the big guns are up for grabs. Literal at big the turkey guns. party. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, and yeah, of course, like, you know, you're saying like the odds of all this stuff is you're just like, no one really asks one layer deeper until mm-hmm. someone like scams the thing. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, you're just like, yeah, it just vaguely benefits the church or the elderly or whatever it is. But like, no one goes that one step further to be like, wait, how? How is this working? In right way. That's so funny. Yeah. That's so funny. So it's triple six one. Did it just occur once? Yeah. It was a one night uh, drawing, I believe. Yeah. It was 1980. I want to say in April. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it was, uh, it was coming up. Oh my, it was two days. It was, tw- tw- I'm trying to do my math here. Uh, what are we? 41. Yeah. 41 years ago, two days ago. It was April 24th. It wow. says 1980. So wow. yeah. Um, uh, the, I don't know what the significance of that is, but it, it I was is like, wait, is today though. April 24th? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, uh, it was 41 years ago. It was one night. Uh, they, they, they geared up for this particularly. They did a lot of, uh, you know, mock drawings to make sure that the balls were weighted properly and everything. And, you know, you got to go live. It's, it's gotta be, That's you know, amazing. it's gotta, it's gotta all be in place. So they, they went out and like I was saying, it leaked to a lot of people around Pennsylvania that all of a sudden, oh shit, there's this, you know, fix. So let's get, what, what are the numbers? What are, so I think too many people ended up finding out about it. Uh, and there was just a lot of erratic betting because at that point it was popular. I mean, they say that the numbers drew more than like, you know, the news people would just tune in all over Pennsylvania. It was get, they were getting like 4 million viewers on this like live, <laughs> like just regularly for the lottery. So that's, that's the level that people are gambling. I love also that they're bringing that's their true. families and they're like, look guys, this is a family affair. We're all yes. going to go in on this together. Like don't tell anybody except your husband and his mother. <laughs> and they're like, well, don't tell anybody except the church well, exactly. lady and the senior we're helping. You know, like it, I love it. Yep. That's the exact problem that leaked out. So then everyone starts hearing like, oh, the, you hear about this fix and you're like, well, what are the numbers, man? Like, what am, what am I supposed to be betting here? So enough people apparently found out about it that they, there was so many combinations of fours and sixes, just like millions of, of those. So I, I think what was up for grabs is like pe- some of the people in Philadelphia, when they found out about it, I think they said it in the Philly area, there were probably like 14,000 tickets that were specifically four and six like bought yeah to, and they're like something seems funky here yeah it's like they were so proud of what they'd done they just told everybody and it got out through the whole state Before, right right that's, that's what you need. you need to be proud enough like uh i don't know if you guys I, for some reason the q anon doc popped yes. in my head but the q dude it's like you need to like years later you need to be like someone who are like so the triple six fix and you're just like eh, i don't know like you need to give a wink years later you can't do it the night, you know, the week leading up to. Right. No, they're too excited. Well, I also read that the brothers that, not the main host, but the brothers that were involved that kind of got it, I'm probably going to pronounce the name wrong, the Maragos, Maragos brothers. Yeah. That the Greek were brothers, yeah. The ones that told their whole family uh, were partners because they were um, in the vending machine business. <laughs> they were partners with the host. Yeah. They were all in the same vending machine business. Gosh. And, you know, I mean, of course, when you're in the vending machine business, why not fix some numbers? I, but 
I remember yes. there were like these vending machine kingpins like back in the day. <laughs> that was another another uh, byproduct of like, uh, you know, the state trying to have the, the, the market, like the monopoly on these gambling things. Because at, at bars all over in, at least in, in my neck of the woods in PA, there's all the video poker machines. So that that would be like for entertainment only, but obviously, you know, the bartender and like th- those, all those machines would pay out cash. It just, they oh, couldn't wow. advertise it openly. So that's exactly where the Margos brothers, like, and I knew this dude Bubbles, who was like a bookie, like a lot of people <laughs> oh, in my bubbles. family and stuff are bookies. <laughs> oh, bubbles. Yeah. Bubbles, uh, Bubbles from Wilkes-Bear. Bubbles was a guy who ran one of these vending machine things. And yeah, you'd have like pinball machines, whatever, but the money makers there were the video poker machines. So they would set those to have a certain number of payouts and then they'd flood the bars. Like every bar in, in, in around here had a video poker machine and occasionally they'd get busted. Like the LCB would come in and be like, oh, this machine is paying out cash. Like they'd have someone undercover come in and catch them. But most, most owners of bars would be like, yeah, the fine is worth it. Like I get enough money off it. It's just like a little gambling machine that like pays out. Oh, so these machines were illegal. Yes, yeah. they were illegal. Yeah, they weren't supposed exactly. to give cash. They're just supposed to give like a fo- fake token yes. or something. <laughs> like they'd say for entertainment only. And you're like, yeah, it's so entertaining to just watch like Monopoly video money. cards coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Monopoly money. No one's going to sit there for hours with no, that. No, Pennsylvania yeah. is very rigid about that stuff. So you have to go to like a state run store to buy liquor and you have to go to yes. a special beer distributor to get beer. Like you can't even buy beer and then everything's closed on Sundays. It's wild. It is wild. It's a puritanical holdover here in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Come on, sure. Pennsylvania. You're a man. Just let it out. <laughs> Get with it. Until Just, Mohegan Sun came along and then it was yeah. like all bets were off. It was like, yeah, all right. The casino's here now. Now that's all fine. Is there one in Pennsylvania? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went to Syracuse and we love Mohegan Sun and we were close to like the Pennsylvania border in some cases. And um, I all I remember is Mohegan Sun. It was like this gem of a thing in college. Yes, I imagine. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like you're like whisked away to like Atlantic City, not quite Vegas. <laughs> you but. are. You're like, I'm fancy. I'm 18. Watch out, world. I'm going to go gonna... see a show and hit the blackjack tickets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We didn't have those poker machines. We didn't have the Mohegan Sun, but we did have the um, bingo tickets. The instant bingos. Yeah. What are those? Is it Keno? No. Uh, Austin had that in Pennsylvania, in Massachusetts, but bingo tickets are like these pull apart tickets that you get and they have like tabs on them and you pull apart each tab. And if you get three of the same, you win. And those like are a match yeah. off. Yeah. But yeah, you it's pull like a, them. Yeah. It's the but okay. yeah, They peel. They peel. You don't scratch. You yeah. peel. Wait, you could fix. If I worked at a convenience store selling those, I would just shine a light through all of them and figure it all out. Yeah. I never thought of that. Well, right? the cardboard, I don't know if you could shine the light. You could probably do like a little half peak, like a little yes. little half peel peak. Or yeah. like have a steamer a little bit and like have it bubble up. Oh, damn. There you Guys, go. Guys, give me a lock. I'll pick it. But like, I really think <laughs> you could, you could put it up against a window because sometimes UV light, you can help see. The yeah. next turkey party. I go to turkey parties around Thanksgiving with my family. Next one, I'm... I'm going to come and gobble, gobble, rub you all blind. <laughs> you know the night before, Katie's just in the basement with a flashlight, just slowly. And a steamer. And an, and an iron, a steamer. Yeah, just slowly like, milking. Don't tell my son this. He'll repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> it's also very low stakes, though. I would say you're earning your money there on that hustle because it's like the top prize on those is like 50 50 bucks, bucks yeah. That's my kind of low stakes. I'm like, I don't want to go to prison, but right. I'll take the street cred or the slap on the nose. Totally. <laughs> but what's so crazy about this is that they... I was reading that they were all from the 666 um, lottery thing. They were all convicted. And the head guy, the host, still pleaded not guilty to his deathbed. And all the other people took a plea deal. 
And they got really small, like, sentences and fines and kind of like a slap on the wrist. And Harry, the host, got two years. Well, he got sentenced, I think, to six years. And then he only did two years. I mean, they just really wrecked his life, basically. They really made an example of him. He stood his ground. Yeah, he was kind of like, uh, this is... He's like, let's put the whole system on trial type of thing from what I remember uh, of it. Yeah, it was like that. You're that, all guilty. I don't think, yeah, he's like, this whole thing's a scam. Uh, yeah, it's uh, and he's not wrong. But I mean, again, it's like, yeah, the, obviously what they did was very, uh, very specifically trying to game the, the, the system. But yeah, he never admitted it. That was that was one of those things where they're like, yeah, if you there's a lot of pride in these uh, situations, which I, which I find funny, too, because you're just like if you're on to the next hustle, I think this was like his his grand thing it's like you know he had a gig like he was you know he was he was working so this was more i think almost like a like a fun like cat and mouse i think i think to him it was a little bit more even than the money maybe yeah like mentally challenging and exciting yeah it said they should be they were supposed to have a payout of like 1.18 million which would be 5.59 million today so that would have been a fuck ton of money it is that's not peanuts no, the drawing produced the number six 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 and the then pay record payout of three point five million, which would be ten point nine million today, and then one point one eight million, which would be five point five nine million, went to eight people in the scam. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, eight. So the ocean's eight. Did that mean though that those people, those eight, probably had a significant amount of tickets that all said six six six? Because if fourteen thousand people have similar fours and sixes, but if these guys have an enormous amount that they're getting millions from it, they must have bought like hundreds of tickets, <laughs> like yes, thousands yeah. of tickets. A lot of tickets. I think you can also put down. There's like there's different plays you can do where you like box numbers that pay out more. So there's like, there's a lot of different, it's almost like kind of like uh, well, in like horse racing where you pick like win, play, show, you know, you pick oh, like, okay, okay. Three, you, so you can kind of like parlay to, to get paid out more. So I bet they picked certain ones too, that they probably bet a little bit more than just like a dollar straight, like a straight play is the, is the 500 to one payout. But I think when you start doing boxing, you pick specific numbers coming up in different ways. But mm-hmm. I love that the six, six is, you know, when they were doing this, they're like, all right, so there are a few different scenarios, but they had to, really just feel extra special that it came 666 because it could have been 444, 464. So I'm sure they did all those combinations. Uh, but yeah, I bet you they went big on the 666 because why? How could you not? Because it's fun. I love it. And then I also read that it said that invest- investigators pulled the phone records that they called from the studio. Like, this is the other thing. Like, oh, no. the hubris is so big. Like, they were it, so right. excited. They're telling their family, friends, and they're doing it from the studio phone line. <laughs> they just think they're so cool. They really do. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. 
Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I want to ask you too, as well, since you do this uh, all the time, how many scams do come crashing down just on hubris alone? I would imagine a lot of them, right? Depends how smart the scammers are. Like, these are some dumb scammers. Yeah, right. So yes. we, we have yeah. done some scams where there's a lot of hubris involved, but it's very high level after years. So like Anna Delvey, we always joke about that. Like she, people said something was off because she claimed she was super wealthy, but her hair always looked like garbage. And they're like, (laughs) nobody that wealthy would have garbage hair or like an MLM person is as in huge scheme. And then it turns out that they're sending everybody to Mexico for plastic surgery. So that's kind of like a fishy thing. Like sometimes it's, it's a very small detail. We haven't covered too many like bonehead moves like this. <laughs> this is a bonehead. Making Total calls bonehead. from the studio, straight bone. I love it. <laughs> but <laughs> I think also the culture is different. So like now things are a lot murkier. You know, there's all these like little scams. You know, it's like, oh, like if you're talking about an MLM, it's like your downline. You have to bring people into the into the pyramid so that you can make money off what the people are doing. It's not as overt and you're getting scammed in so many different ways. You know what I mean? So people aren't bragging about the hustle because everybody's hustling. Also, these guys in the 80s walked so we could run. Like, (laughs) they really (laughs) fell on their face. So people now have multiple email accounts. You know, they have multiple phone lines. They call from, like, all kinds of pay phones. Like, I do think these guys who failed gave scammers so many new ideas. I think you're right. This this hustle seems almost quaint in comparison to some of the, the, the modern day. Yeah. And I can't believe they only did it once, like today. Well, that's what I wonder. So there's also a lot of whispers on that, too. Yeah, because I think in those brothers, that that big, huge talkative yeah. family must have been doing some things. There's something, yeah, there's something else going going on here. I, I would imagine, too, over the years now, as the stakes have been raised on these on these lotteries. I mean, because even like that, this seems like a shit ton of money. And as it certainly is, uh, uh, even adjusting for inflation or whatever, but even just now, I'm like, you got, you got like, you know, getting into the hundreds of millions on, totally. um, and it's still the same technology with the balls. The balls so it's just a matter of getting stopped. to the, they, the no same, one's dropped the, the ball balls. yet. Get no, it's a new it's thing. The, it's that Give archer's grandson. <laughs> 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 yeah, a triangle comes flying out of there. Give me anything. 
thing, a, yeah. a, a trapezoid. Yeah, I just think like you're totally right that the the format of the gambling, the price is right of it all has not changed. We still love a Plinko. And yes. They could mm-hmm. completely, but the money is skyrocketing. Like regular old states, counties, cities are doing millions of dollars, which yeah. you would have never dreamed of before. No. And crossover stuff like with, you know, with the mega millions and the Powerball and stuff, yeah. that's multi-states getting involved. That's, yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of money at stake for there to never have been another one of these. I think this, I, I think like you said, they, they laid the track work so that future hustlers in this lottery game were just like, well, let's not make calls from the studio. Let's. <laughs> Let's let's start there. Uh, let's yeah. let's go to pay phones. Let's at least like not have like, yeah, a, 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 a burner super burner phones, uh, beepers, like burners. Yeah, they're all over it. Wait, uh, wait. I want to change the subject a little. Murph, what do you think of the QAnon doc? I thought it was. I loved it because I I I liked that it didn't just focus on the people who were you know. I liked that it went as far up the ladder as yeah. uh, as it did. Um, I preferred that because I'm like I. I know enough people around who are at least at least flirted with that. I'm like, you know, a lot of these, you know, uh, disillusioned uh, people who might have just been on the fringes of the of the queue. I'm like, uh, the psychology that's interesting, but I kind of get how, like, you know, we can only reach a certain level where everyone's like material conditions have not changed and no one's basic needs are being met. That people just get real weird online. Like, that's not yeah. that surprising to me. So I love that they kind of went like up the ladder to be like, who the hell's actually pulling the strings here? So I thought that was fun. Yeah, Katie, you didn't. The QAnon documentary is. Um, I have no idea. A, a documentary about you know QAnon the, the fucking weirdos online, the political weirdos. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's this documentary <laughs> about who is behind it, um, oh. and there's there's like this guy, um, this one guy, and then this guy and his son, and they're all blaming each other and framing each other, and they're all the weirdest people you've ever encountered. All of them. Yeah. It was yeah crazy. The characters were off the chart. Yes. I mean, any good doc, you want good characters, so yes. they delivered on that. You need good characters. Yeah, it was fascinating. Yeah. Oh, okay, so. Oh, that's so interesting because that's what you would expect. I would expect somebody who like has a collection of like five guys rappers in his house, <laughs> like just like something no. like very weird. <laughs> they collect the watches, pens. the pens, they collect the, the pens. pens. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Oh yeah, no, I'm like these they... guys collect things. <laughs> yes, you yep. guys, absolutely right. Nailed <laughs> <Yes>. it. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, and Sue, did you think like uh, what? What my uh, takeaway from it was is that like so this is like the four chan guys, like this eight chan. This these are the guys who like, created those message boards, the father son duo. Uh, and I my takeaway from it is that it it was that, and then it got hijacked at some point by the political operatives, by your like Bannons, your Stones, like into the Trump uh, inner circle. There, I feel like it might have started as something else, but then they realized how much reach. It actually, they were clearly using it to leak information at some point. Like they were giving mm-hmm. a lot of, Trump was so? giving a lot of winks to that. I feel like. I believe I that. I would believe it that. If not directly, that. if not directly, at least like they were very aware of the flow of information there. And they, they saw it as an opportunity that they could get stuff out into that, into that demographic if they wanted to. I don't know. Oh, for sure. That's I true. feel like there's tons of research behind that, that they would say like, well, where, where are extreme rightest people going what websites are the most popular where are we like where are the russian bots harvesting <laughs> like i feel like it, yes. like they would completely be like sort of browsing that whole area and then saying this is perfect these guys already like us they're impressionable let's jump on it and feed it yeah yeah there well, there's the controversy like, co- things that were like too coincidental to actually that, that like the administration paid? was doing 
by the administration? I don't know if there was, I don't know if they no. needed to be necessarily. I think it was more of like them. a power thing. I think they liked, obviously the son too, specifically, just loved the idea of like being with his like, you know, robot sex dolls and everything in his palace. Like mm. There was a lot of, the father-son duo was really something else. It's fucking uh, weird. Really, yeah. Guys, I gotta watch this. I mean, I'm creeped out by it, so <laughs> you just have to tell me about it. It's kind of fun and breezy. It doesn't doesn't leave you in the okay. muck too long, I would say. So yeah. Speak for yourself. Creepy. I got so mad every time a different man came on screen. They were all infuriating. Every single one yeah. of them. They're oh all just terrible God. dudes. They were when all you terrible. Mentioned it, I was like, it's either run by a very like constipated white man or it's run by a very suppressed um white woman <laughs> who's yeah. in Utah. I think those are white men. Well, pretty much. <laughs> yes. I also love that uh, at, at, at some point it was like hijacked because it was that dude, that Australian dude who was kind of like Q's voice change. Like everything changes at a certain point. So I also wonder mm. if it was more than one person too, it seemed like maybe. Yeah. Or at least it initially was was someone else and then they kind of hijacked it and, and kept him tied to this 8chan message And board. it sounds like that would be a competitive thing too. Like if you are, you believe you're a mastermind, if you're convincing all these people, if you're getting so much uh, web traffic and attention, and then somebody else comes in. I feel like they would be competing with each other. Yeah, having not seen sure. or know anything about this. No, I that's like you, you're two for two. Having not seen. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there's a collection, and they're competitive. You're absolutely <laughs> yes. right. Yeah. Oh god, it's a tale as old as time. Really, the players have <laughs> really been changed, is. but the game is the same. Yeah. Sorry, I completely derailed us. I just wanted to get your take. On it. I really love it. Um, I love that so much. Are there, so Murph, growing up, like having heard this and stuff, did it pique your interest in sort of scams and things? Were you, did you, what did you think as a kid when you heard all this happening? I thought, yeah, I, I, it definitely piqued my interest in just kind of always seeing that there's, there's people playing the angles on, mm -hmm. on, on everything really. Um, another thing that comes to mind too is a uh, night at the races. Sue, I don't know if you've ever done, uh, done one of those, uh, out, out eerie way, but they're also very popular. No, what's that? So this is, what is it? So night at the races is, uh, there's a, there's a company that, uh, has horse racing footage, um, like old horse races. And you don't know which, where the races are from or what they are. So you order a package back in the day, it used to be VHSs, So they would oh, mail. I love this. Yeah. And you get together at like a fire hall or, or, you know, where, wherever a church basement or something. And it's like a fundraiser. So everyone comes in and you put, they, they project on the big screen and they put up these horse races and everyone goes before each race, you, you pick a horse and you can sponsor a horse beforehand or whatever. And then in each race, there's like eight horses and you can go up to the to the booths and and place your bets beforehand and, and pick which horse. I love that. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a fun it's a really fun evening. Also, the horses have already been abused. You're not worried about them getting currently yes, being sure. abused. I like that it's That's vintage exactly right. abuse. Yeah, yeah. These are all vintage. Yeah, these are all glue factory uh, yeah. horses who they've are been yeah, done pre glue. Yeah, they've guilty. been done and done. <laughs> yeah, they're now being used as the glue for the tickets you're buying. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah oh, so boy. exactly. There's no more future abuse, uh, which is fun. Um, so it lets you off the hook there. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about it, though, is the way they do the odds. So uh, based on who bets, because uh, these are random. So like normally in a horse race, there's a favorite. You know, you're like, well, this is the horse right. that's probably going to win so that you get the odds there. It's like, oh, you got three to one on this horse. Or if you want a long shot, you can pick a different horse and you get paid out that way. The way they do the odds here is based on how many people uh, bet on each random horse that you know nothing about. It's like an old race, whatever. So you'd think like, oh, well, the easy hustle there is like you get someone who like knows the races like they've they've who's watched broken the, VHS the tape. Yeah, right. 
but, but there's a whole, there's a whole presentation at the beginning of these things where you have to take out the V8. Now, when I was young, now that's digital. So I don't know how the hell they probably, they're probably shenanigans there, but it used to be that there was this unraveling of the VHS. They would open this box. It was a seal like that was on there. You have to peel it off and be like, these are brand new VHSs. No one has ever seen them before. Uh, we don't know which ones we're getting all that. So that was the, 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 the show there of like, this is all mm-hmm. on the up and up. But the way what, what the hustlers would do that I noticed uh, is that you'd watch. Um, so however many whoever bet the most on like the most horse, that would then be the favorite. So like the, people will stand in line and wait till the last minute and they'll watch how many yes. people go in each thing. And they'll go, oh, this horse only mm. because as far as you're concerned, watching this randomly, each horse has a one in eight chance of winning because they're random horses. There's eight of them. Right. So you're like, no one knows which horse really has the the upper hand here. So you just wait and they go, oh, here are the odds. Like everyone's, you know, bet on this horse just randomly for whatever reason. They picked horse two. So these guys will sit around and be like, oh, only like so many people bet on horse seven. So mm-hmm. they wait till the last minute. And they go. So you see like a collection of usually the members only jackets. You know, they got their, 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 their backwoods. They're smoking, smoking over in the corner. Oh, they're yeah. waiting. They're just like. Indoor and then cigarettes they, they, all the way. You got it. Indoor <laughs> all the way. Oh, yeah. No, night at the races is a, is a smoke. There's no non-smoking Very much an indoor event. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Pre-COVID event. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, they're probably still doing them. Uh, but. Yeah, so they, so you'd wait till the last minute, and you'd see those guys like, oh, those are the people who like these these guys are at every night at the races. They're, and they're smart. Like, they're playing they're smart. against the fools playing first. That's right. That's right. Yep, they let everyone rush to the to the to the stalls, and then they go in at the end and, and clean up. So and everybody's betting on Dreamcatcher, and then like Limpy Dick is the one that wins, and nobody <laughs> yeah. wanted to admit. No that one picked Limpy, Limpy, Limpy Dick. Nobody, nobody picked Limpy Dick, but these guys yep. don't care. Uncle Carl got on Limpy Dick. I know my Uncle Carl had no problem. He waits to the end. He's like, <laughs> Uncle Carl believes in Limpy he's Dick. He's not afraid of a Limpy Dick. He'll bet on no, anything. <laughs> it's the truth. Yeah. So like growing up, that was, I mean, it was very much a gambling culture. So I think between that, like the video poker machines, I always just saw like a lot of people playing the angle. So this, this particular uh, scam was just very, uh, was in the lore of like all of that of like, oh man, imagine, you know, being able to, to rig the balls. And in such a, like we said, like in a very, just almost like, uh, you know, very charming? straightforward, charming. Yeah. yeah I think it's, <laughs> it's kind of adorable. Just a classic. What did your yeah, dad you get- think about it? What was his response? He, well, he was pissed. Um, yeah. anyone, anyone who consistently plays was a little bit miffed by this. Didn't stop him from playing. Sure. I'll say that much. Couldn't stop well, playing. Well, then I read they yeah. had like officials and they had much more restrictions and sort of monitoring. And it's like, why didn't you have an official to begin with? It took yeah, right? Yeah. Eight local news guys sale. to do it. Wait, Murph, you mentioned that your dad won a few times. Did he win big? What did he win? No, he just won. He won the like, he won, uh, you know, the 500 to one pale. He he hit the exact number like a couple of times over the years. But if he's playing like, and again, he gets into the boxed pick. So he's dropping like 15 to 20 bucks a day sometimes. I don't think for the whole stretch. Sometimes he would just do like one ticket or whatever. But he's he's trying a couple combos. A number mm-hmm. comes to him. Like whatever, you know, whatever the whatever the the uh, gambler's uh, uh, superstition stuff is there. So he, he and he also doesn't bet on sports anymore. He's like he had a, he had a, a, an issue with that way back in the day. So this is mm-hmm. the way he's like we'd go back to like harm reduction. He's like I'm just doing like I need yeah. something to write, like just the daily number. That's it. It's really all confident, I bet comfortable. I'm not with betting that. on the Eagles anymore. Yeah, I'm just betting yeah. on the daily number. No crooked teams. Well, I love that because it's also. Well, first of all, there's that like sense of once you do win a couple of times, you're like, well, this is my game. Like, I know that at some point I'm going to win again. So there's comfort in that. It's stable. And once they already figured out and like messed up with this gamble, he probably was like, it's a much more safe game to play. I yeah, think it's yep. very smart that he's doing it. 
I think it's also fun. Like you think about like <laughs> if he's betting five bucks, like that's a fifteen hundred dollar pit. So you know when you win anything fifteen hundred bucks, like that feels like something. Even it's though you, you know your, your mind doesn't go back to the like, well, I'm already however many in the hole that I've been for doing this. You round never think years. of a hole. <laughs> you never, never, never think of there's a hole. no hole. Don't think of <laughs> the hole. It's no hole. All balls, no holes. Just keep <laughs> no ball. straight forward. <laughs> that should be the Pennsylvania Lottery's uh, slogan. <laughs> yes. All balls, no holes. All Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for bringing this to us. (laughs) Yeah, no, this is a fun one. I felt like a low stakes one. I figured you're tackling probably a lot of the a lot of the big ones out there. You know, we are tackling some horrific things, and I really love a charming stealing. (laughs) This is charming. This is charming. It's adorable. (laughs) And I love a paint project. I'm like, I could do that. I could paint something. That art director. I know. The art director is the real hero. The The art director is fascinating. Don't you? Because I'm also thinking of all these people. This gamble had or this like lottery thing had been going on for so long do you think a bunch of them were just like you know what fuck this station i'm painting on these numbers all day and night nobody (laughs) like i'm sure that when you're it's like when you're behind the scenes when you know how everything gets made you get really pissed off and resentful and you're like any idiot could do this and then you're like well i'm not an idiot so i'm gonna do it and yes no the egos stage hand was involved i just like how everyone is a member of the team (laughs) yeah no, Who's it's, got a bone it, it to is, pick with the lottery? Yeah, they all exactly. Yeah, they put together everyone who had who has a gripe over the years with the Pennsylvania lottery, and they brought them together. <laughs> I feel like Nora Ephron might have done a movie that was like loosely based. Because I'm thinking there, this is ripe for a for a for a feature a treatment here. Oh, for sure. There was in 2000. There was a film Lucky Numbers with John Travolta and Lisa Kudrow, yeah. loosely based on the story. In 2006, Game Show Network aired a documentary. About the scandal um, with anecdotes in 2013, The Good, The Bad, and The Baby from Castle Six Season. Who watches that? Um, and then, yeah, that's it. Not that much. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like it, sh- it should get the full Because I think I-, I remember that movie. I might have to watch it again uh, just in, in honor of this, uh, this mm-hmm. scandal here. But uh, the only reason to watch it, because I feel like it was very forgettable. And I think it was loosely based, but not really. Like you want the like Ocean's Eleven. Like you want what that scene you just painted there with like the, the, the art director. It's like you want to see all that. You don't you want just do. that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And also like I, I'm positive, like <laughs> as somebody who just was like painting some picture frames today, you know the art director really fucked up a bunch of the balls before he <laughs> oh, made yeah. I mean like that's the thing like when you're dealing with paint and art and like balls are circular. Yep. It's not really an easy material. Nope. And then I read that he took all the balls and burned them all afterwards. So then he burns up his own masterpiece. His own creation. Yes. He oh, burned wow. them in his own house. Yeah. That's, a, that, wow. that's so The like, fire department showed up. It was all, <laughs> yeah. They're like, Larry just burned all of his prize balls. <laughs> and that plastic just stinks to high hell. Like he burned that indoors. That can't Oh, be God. I uh, just think it's so. That's where that's so where we got the hole in the ozone layer. That's why. <laughs> well, and the anchor, the news anchor guy, they also said that he was really into bowling, and he hosted a bowling thing, and like was was did the bowling sports, and he was a fan favorite. The whole town loved him. His son like wrote in his obituary, uh, he was not guilty, couldn't wouldn't go anywhere, and and everybody basically was crazy about him but when he got out of jail he got a job again with the bowling alley people like the bowling um, oh yes he got a job with the bowling product salesman <laughs> and is a salesman <laughs> for bowling products oh, which is my. just so sweet like it's kind of a happy ending i think so it's such a I think he went back to bowling it's heartwarming 
<laughs> yes. It's so one good. of the more adorable scams out there. Oh, adorbs. <laughs> it is. Thank you. Thank you, Murph. Murph, this yes, is such a delight. You. And guys, check yes. out Murph's podcast. This is huge. Come on, Scam Hot. We're going to have links in our bio and we're going to put media up and pictures. So it'll be really easy for you to jump on over there and give Murph all of the wonderful love you're giving yes, us. Yes. Go listen to Self Medicated. Thank you. Thank you both so much. It was wonderful. And Mark, where else can people find you besides your cool pod? Uh, just uh, MurphMeyer.com. I just got back on the socials. Instagram at MurphMeyer. Good for you. I took some time out, but I'm back. I'm good back for you. The, I feel like now is as good a time as any to dive, <laughs> dive back into the fray. Yeah, it's garbage. Just come on back yeah. in. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this very special episode. Thank you, Murph. Thank you, everyone. Ah, love Murph. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. Kate, thank you so much. We're really thankful. Oh, I have to recommend um, if you're not watching Generation Hustle on HBO Max, what is you that? Gotta. It's so good. Ten episodes about every scam. What? Going into detail about every scam. They have Anna Delvey. <gasps> They have like some random shit you've never heard of. Like it's so good and it's really well done. I'm obsessed. And guys, if you have anything that you are watching or reading and crazy about, please let us know. You know, I love a phone call. So you can call our hot tip hotline 347-509-9414. And if you want to email us, you can email us at scamwellpodcast at gmail.com or visit scamwellpodcast.com for back episodes, Patreon, merch, all that good stuff. We would love to see you over there. And thank you guys so much. We love you and we'll see you next week. Thank God for you guys that we get to do this podcast for you. Yeah, you're great. See you later. Bye. Bye. Hello, dear stranger. I'd like to introduce you to something new, or perhaps something very, very old. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine is a horror fantasy medical mystery following the titular monk turned traveling medical investigator. Follow Radolf as he navigates a nightmare world in which viruses are gods and the human race are not their favored children. Steeped in history and an aesthetic that can only be described as a combination of occult academia and laboratory Judaica, the heresies of Radolf Burntwine have been described as Umberto Echo meets H.P. Lovecraft. For more information, check out the Patreon at thorb.info. But take care, dear stranger, for some truths are best left unknown.